strap on the boots and scrape up the knuckles. Oh, what a hit! He got jacked. This is the Big Red Ring. Presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Then zone for Fitz. Goes up and makes the game-winning catch. Larry Legend does it again. The Rage is brought to you by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. The Red Sea is rising up! Temperature rising, vision blurring, rage taking over. Here's Paul Calvisi. Get the popcorn ready. It's going to be a show. And Ron Wolfley. It doesn't get any better than that. Unleash the fury! It sounds impossible, nearly insurmountable, but Wolf, with full effort here over the next hour on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert, we are Santan Ford, I think it is achievable. I think that the real Thursday night football can save America, and at least Arizona, from Jets-Broncos. Really? That's, that's our Save America from the 0-3 Jets against the 0-3 Broncos from uh, don't call him Mark Rippon, it's Brett Rippon, and <laughs> Sam is not the man. Darnold coming off the two pick sixes and three interceptions in his last game. You know, Even though I might have gotten a little over my skis at this time a week ago when I said the Cardinals at 2-0 and were about to save us all from 2020, that might have been a little Paulie premature, and I'm going to have to back off that a little bit right now. Paulie, but- did Sam Darnold actually run 46 yards for a touchdown? Is that I- what you're trying to tell me right now, Paul? My phone has not been compatible with Thursday Night Football, so I have no idea. <laughs> I have no. I tried to stream it right here. I, I can't. I, don't, I have no clue. You tell me. Yeah, I, I actually, Paul, I'm trying to hunt that down myself because that was a rumor. That was a rumor floating around the newsroom here in Studio Shangri La that somehow, some way, this guy ran for 46 yards and a touchdown. I, I don't believe it, but you're yeah. going to have to confirm it a little bit later because right now, Paul, we're doing a show. Once upon a time, didn't uh, Steve Bono go 70-something yards on that end around, right, against <laughs> Sun Devil Stadium? We all remember that. Oh, so that's yeah. A, when, you, when you say Sam Darnold going 46 yards, that's what I think of right away. But, yes, it's, uh, it is Thursday night. It is a Cardinals team coming off the loss against Detroit. And a few of us, okay, maybe yours truly, maybe got a little uh, premature with the whole, hey, Matt, Patricia, you're going to need another pencil. One isn't enough for the legs and armor, Kyler Murray. And, yes, we may or may not have had him going 5-0 and uh, entering Monday Night Football against Dallas. So, Wolf, you tell me, yeah. what happened and what level of concern do you have, if any, right now? I'm really not concerned, Paulie, and the reason why is because Kyler Murray went out and threw three interceptions. Uh, two of those, I think, were – were bad interceptions, and I think Kyler Murray would tell you that himself. Two of those interceptions, there were turnovers deep in the Cardinals' own zone. The Lions got the ball on the 22-yard line and the 26-yard line. You're basically giving up six points. At that point in time, you're giving up six points. Well, the defense did a nice job going out there and keeping it to 10. Okay, I, I To me, yeah, it would have been great if they would have been able to just keep it to six points, but that's a tough proposition for any defense to go out there quick change after a turnover and keep the other team out of the end zone right there. I thought they did a nice job, actually, and that's the one area, one of the areas that the Cardinals defense really is playing pretty well, Paulie, is in the red zone. 
Yeah. They're number two, as a matter of fact, in red zone defense. That's pretty doggone good. Number two in red zone, number one in third down. Hello. They've been good in quick change, as you, you just documented. Here's the thing. They don't have any interceptions. And it was a game where the offense committed three turnovers with the picks, and there were zero takeaways. And the percentages say that is a monumental challenge to get a win. And sure enough, that last-second field goal was zeros on the clock, was like a kick to the gut, that game winner. And the Cardinals end up on the short end 26-23, and now they get a Carolina team that just ended a 10-game losing streak, albeit minus Christian McCaffrey, but it's on the road. And we all know that Matt Rule and Cliff Kingsbury have a history. So... There are a lot of intriguing storylines on that one. Did we mention that Andy Isabella is joining us tonight on the Big Red Rage awesome. after a two-touchdown performance, Ron Wolfley? Just getting rolling. All brought to you by Santan Ford. Murray takes. Play action. Murray moving to his left. Jukes a defender at the five. Dies for the end zone and is in for the touchdown. He did it again. He made the defender look silly out in space. Oh, that was nasty right there, right? The move that Kyler Murray put on. I mean, the Stooges couldn't have done it any better than that. Wolf, was that Larry? Was that Curly? Was that Shemp? Who was that? With Mo? Yeah, as a matter of fact, no, that was Curly, Polly. Curly. That was okay. Curly right there. Not Larry, of course. Not Mo. Never Mo. Okay. Curly, of course. Just to make sure. Because on the sideline, remember I used to say, welcome back into the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Andy Isabella straight ahead on this edition, our week four edition. Remember I used to say that nothing would get the sideline up and off the bench and fired up like a running back just trucking a defender. Oh, yeah. Wells was great. David oh, yeah. Johnson. Yes. Okay, there's a new one, though. When Kyler Murray does that, when Kyler Murray just clowns, especially a DB, in space and then houses it, even if it's a one-yard run like that, it just I cannot tell you how everyone gets fired. Probably the moment uh, on the sideline without any fans to feed off. It's a big deal. And Patrick Peterson came over with this big flying faux karate kick, you know, just to celebrate it. It just... But to put that in perspective, and Rob Fredrickson and Bertrand Berry were talking about on the pregame show, guys fear that, don't they? Not just getting beat, but getting embarrassed. Oh, no doubt about it, Bully. They really do. Nobody wants to get trucked. Nobody wants to get run over in front of their wife sitting up in row five, right, and four kids. I'm just saying, small right. though they might be, nobody wants to get embarrassed out there when you've got your family sitting in the stands. Well, not now with COVID, of course, but you get my point, Polly. overall. They're still watching. It's the same thing with players. Players don't want to be embarrassed. They know they're going to sit down and watch the tape on Monday, and suddenly you're one-on-one with Barry Sanders. Yeah, you're going to drop your drawers, metaphorically speaking. Well, look... Uh, That was a highlight, but there were things that Kyler was not happy with. In fact, he took the blame. Kyler took the blame for the turnovers, three interceptions. Cliff Kingsbury took the blame for his play calling. Coach is always hard on himself. And here they are after the game talking about the 26-23 last-second loss to the Lions. That's part of the game. been playing this game my whole life. Uh, Dealt with obstacles, ups and downs. There's going to be adversity in every game. That's just part of it. We understand that. If I don't turn the ball over three times a day, we we put ourselves in a better chance to win that game. Definitely pushing the envelope. He's trying to make a lot of plays and, and create, and you got to walk that fine line. And, uh, you know, he's going to be aggressive, and that's what we want. And, and even with all that, we have the ball, the chance to win the game at the end, and his, his kind of playmaking ability allows us to do that even when we're not 
uh, playing at our best, he keeps us in those games. But we'll, we'll continue to clean that up. And I think uh, as the season goes on, th- that'll be uh, less of an issue. On Game Plan, his weekly TV show, Wolf, that we host, I asked Coach Kingsbury, was there a lesson learned there for a young team? And he said, you can't give away games. That's a game that I feel like we should have won. Yeah. To you, what what stood out, big picture on that? Well, honestly, I didn't think the team overall played poorly in all three phases. I really didn't believe that, Paul. I didn't think the offense, I, I Kyler Murray, there's no doubt about it. You can't talk about the offense without talking about Kyler Murray, but I thought the other 10 guys on the field went out there and they competed, and I thought Kyler competed as well. It's going to happen to some young quarterbacks. It's going to happen. You're going to go out there as you're developing and you're going to throw picks. Again, I think only two of them you could really put at Kyler's feet. Now, I don't know schematically if Cliff Kingsbury would disagree with that and say, no, I shouldn't have called that play in that situation, but I thought there were two picks that you could look at Kyler and say, boy, those were bad. The one where he got his arm hit, um, that one to Dan Arnold, where it was batted up in the air. Right. I, that's Paulie, that's going to happen. Absolutely. But what I love about all of this, number one, the accountability from Kyler Murray. I love that, Paul. Just the fact that he said it the way that it is. You know what? If I don't go out there and throw those three picks, we probably win this game. He said it the way that it was. I absolutely love the accountability coming from Kyler Murray. But ask me if I'm worried, Paul. Ask me if I'm worried. This kid, you listen to this kid talk right here. This Kyler Murray is so resilient, Paul. Resilient. He's got a fierce spirit as well. This guy is a winner. There's not uh, Kyler Murray is the least of the Arizona Cardinals' problems going forward, and he's still learning. He just made his 19th start, and for example, he talked this week about how in the first two games against the Niners in Washington, they got a somewhat similar defensive look, similar defensive personnel, the way those defenses are constructed, and it was radically different what Matt Patricia did. There were multiple looks, there were disguised coverages. They didn't necessarily go after him. They tried to box him in, rush three or four, drop seven or eight. It was a different challenge for Kyler Murray in week three. I guess my question is now, do other teams, because it's a copycat league, start to replicate that? Yes, Paul, to your answer, yes. Uh, This is something I think they're going to continue to work on, of course. Listen, the book is still forming on Kyler Murray, but the mush rush is something that I think we're going to hear an awful lot of, a strategy that teams are going to start using, I think, against Kyler Murray. And it's a strategy that was used many times against Russell Wilson earlier in his career. And to some degree, they still use this approach on Russell Wilson, right? Collapse the pocket around him. A four-man rush. Sometimes if you want to bring five, that's fine. But drop back, play coverage, depend on your secondary and your DBs to make plays, rush four, don't open up a lane for that quarterback to get out of that pocket. I think this is going to be the approach. A lot of zone being played as well and then maybe the surprise every now and then we'll be jumping into man and hoping he makes a mistake but yeah we're gonna see it again you better believe it well as Corey peter said team captain sometimes winning can be a band-aid over things that we do wrong and so guess what the band-aid was just ripped off and now you can address a few things and as good as the defense has been Corey peters said it himself they didn't get off the field at the end of the first half on a scoring drive and obviously at the end of the game so we'll talk more about that and the latest but how about one of the stars of the game going to join us next andy isabella on deck on the big red raider I 
Murray's got the ball, drops back to throw. A lob pass, right corner of the end zone, on the money to Andy Isabella for the touchdown. What a pass by Kyler Murray, and you see the confidence of Andy Isabella soaring for the Cardinals. Grove strong, grasshopper. Snap to Murray, rolls right, throws right. Isabella caught it, and he stumbles, dives, and in. Touchdown. Andy Isabella with his second touchdown catch of the day. One step up the field and then wham, run that out. He chucked the DB. He met the press and he threw him out of the way. Dave Pash, Ron Wolfley, not one, but two touchdown catches in the Cardinals' last game against the Lions. The 13-yarder, the 4-yarder against Press. The man is getting some serious separation. And Wolf, maybe the best news of all, if you remember back to a couple months ago when we had one of our favorites, Andy Isabella, on the Big Red Rage, remember what he revealed about that game ball from last year, the 88-yard touchdown game Uh, ball? Ah, yes. And that he was using that for his training. So now, Andy, uh, welcome to the Big Red Rage. Good evening. But you can finally put that on a shelf where it belongs because now you have a couple other touchdown balls you can incorporate into, into your daily training routines. <laughs> yeah, the 88-yarder was getting a little old. So, so now i got two more, two more to work with. So we'll get a lot more this season. So, so I'll have a lot going into this offseason. Andy, no, no, it's only three games. But how are you feeling, buddy? How are you feeling overall about the start of this season? Well, I've never felt better. It's just, it's, it's been an awesome start. I mean, uh, I mean, yeah, we had the we had the tough loss last week, but we're two and one um, going into Carolina, and I mean, I, I think everyone's on on a good page, and we're ready to move past Detroit, and we're ready to get this win. I asked both earlier in the show, lesson learned on the first loss of this season. What what stood out to you, and what do you think guys take away from that game? Uh, you mean we, we were two and zero riding high? Detroit was zero and two. And um, you can't you can't take any game for granted. Um, and the coach said that wasn't us. He in the locker room said that wasn't us. But he said maybe it's the best thing for us. And um, but we had a, we have had, we've had a great week of practice so far, and um, we're, we'll be ready to go here in Carolina. You know, Andy, you've made a lot of big plays. <laughs> you made a lot of big plays. Only three games into the season, big guy. You made a lot of big plays so far. What is that doing for your confidence? Uh, it's just sky rock, rocketing. I mean, it's not even. I don't think it's making the big plays. Just being being confident at all times, and and just something. My mind is. Our, my coach says, keep a calm mind, and that's what I've done. I kept a calm mind this this whole these, through these first three games, and it's really helped me um, just be in the moment on the field and be in that moment and capture that moment, um, capture every opportunity that comes my way. Because when we talked to you at the beginning of the season, you had mentioned your rookie season. That that was a key part of your evolution into becoming a pro, right? Gaining that confidence that if you had to give some advice to a young guy, a rookie this year, it would be know for sure that you belong here. I mean, that that's a big deal, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Just it's just being being calm and and taking every day and working every day and not looking too far ahead and just being present every day and being present every every opportunity you get. Andy, was there a moment where you were just, I don't know, you couldn't sleep one night. You were up at 2.30 in the morning recently, and you're watching the shadows creep across the ceiling, and you said to yourself, I I belong here. <laughs> I mean, I, I just, have you had a moment where you know deep in your heart that you're going to go on, Lord willing, have a 10-year career in the NFL? Absolutely. I mean, that's what you you got to visualize. You got to visualize it, visualize that in your head. 
um, and make, make it happen. I mean, that's, that's that's one of my big things I've done this all, all season is, is meditate and visualize, visualize my success and visualize, visualize all the things that are coming my way. What's the old saying? You uh, plan your work, work your plan. Mm-hmm. Here's Cliff Kingsbury talking about Andy Isabella. He's done a nice job uh, all through training camp. Came back, uh, game has slowed down for him. Really worked hard at his craft, and it was good to see him have that success. Once again, we got to continue to find ways to get him the football, and we have some talented wideouts. We got to maximize those guys. If you were to take your film from the first month of last year to the first month of this year, three games in, where would you see the noticeable differences in your game? You think? Um, I think just in the ability to to read read what the defense is doing and just having that calm mind and not not rushing. I think that was one of the things last year. I was rushing everything, um, and being this year just being calm and and really making it making it making making it happen. You were like trying to be fast instead of just letting your speed take over. I totally yeah, understand. Exactly. That. Not as a guy that was fast. Right? <laughs> Not as, I was a fullback, Eddie. Give me a break here. But I totally understand what you're saying here. Name one big play that you've made this year. One big play that stands out more than any other. Oh, uh, I think that that um the one on the goal line. I mean, we're, we're that three yard route. I mean, it wasn't a great look. He right. he was tight press and um. And I, I stayed calm. We, we, I got that look in practice, and I, I knew what to do. Um, I, I didn't rush. I didn't rush it. I didn't rush and run right out there. I stayed calm. So the slope, slow played in, and, and then bolted out, bolted out there. Man, I love that you said that, Andy, right there, because that really is. That's something we all know about your speed. We know you can run by folks. We know you can you can run by, and we can throw the ball. And fifty-four yards later, there it is. Andy's eighty-eight yards later, right? You could touch down, right? Exactly. We all know that. But man, when you're running these short routes and you're showing that burst, Andy. In a in a short area, a small area that burst like you did on that touchdown, that's a playmaker right there, Andy. How does that feel? Uh, it feels great. It feels all the, all the hard work that I've done this off season, all, all the time I put in. Um, it, it shows. I mean, I've worked so hard, and I realize, you know, I don't think anyone works harder, and you know, I got to make that happen on the field. Wolf, my favorite catch, thanks for asking, would be two games ago. Uh, not the 54-yarder necessarily, but it was the quick slant. I loved it. And, and it. and it was a little bit behind you, and boom, you open up the hip, and there you are, you throw the hands out. And take us through that play, because that was a bullet. That's a tough grab degree of difficulty for a receiver, isn't it? Yeah, yeah when, when you, that's funny you say that. When he threw, when he threw, when I look back, that ball was, was on me quick. Um but that's just the that's just the calm calmness in my mind. It didn't it didn't spook me like maybe last year would it would have spooked me. Uh, Getting that ball coming out quick, but this year I've got come in with a calm mind and everything slowed down and I'm able to make plays like that without even being in any panic whatsoever. When you uh, on the on the jugs machine, you still work the jugs machine, don't you? And you you take some of those fastballs just rep after rep. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I did a lot of that this offseason back back home in Cleveland. Nice. Because yeah, that's what I think of, Wolf. That's what I, and on the quick slant like that, Kyler with the velocity, and he's got that arm, I think, of a pass that's really? on him that quick, and then boom, that's where that sort of training pays off. That's funny, Bully, because when I think of Cleveland, I think of Westlake. I'm sorry. I just immediately go to Westlake. Isn't that weird? <laughs> You know exactly. Shaker Heights, Andy. Yeah, Shaker. I know a lot of Shaker. We play Shaker. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's Andy, old school there. Andy, you don't oh, yeah. want to hear his story where, what, you were a rookie and you took the dog bone, you threw it into the dog pound. That's right, a, From the opponent. We don't want to talk about that. That was Cleveland. problematic, <laughs> no, Andy. No. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald will do some talking about Andy when we come back in the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Second and nine of the 29. Two receivers right, Fitzgerald to the left. Warner barking out the call. Play clock at three. Kurt got the play away. Back to throw. Warner with ton of time. Throwing right side. Fitz open. Caught at the five. Heading for the pylon. And he is going to be ruled. Cardinals! Larry Fitzgerald! Do you believe it? And Larry Fitzgerald cramps it down their throats. Larry Fitzgerald, you are absolutely ridiculous. Oh, my goodness. 2008 divisional round playoff win. Cardinals at Carolina advancing to the NFC Championship game with that victory. Wolf, did I say 2008? Yes, 2008, Bob. That's back before you had your weight under control. You were a good 270-plus <laughs> back in those days. I'm curious. I violate our rule, no math. Andy Isabella is our guest here on the Big Red Rage. Last two games, six catches, a buck 14. That's 19 yards a catch, two touchdowns. But our question to you, Andy Isabella, is in 2008, if our math is correct, you would have been about – 12 years old, uh, what were you doing at age 12 about the time that Larry and that touchdown was made into a Fitz figurine because he was all angular at the pylon? <laughs> and that might have been the first year I actually put on, put on the pads, actually, playing play, play football. Um, so that's crazy to think about. But that, that was my first year playing. So maybe. how old would that have been, Andy, when you first put on the pads? <laughs> uh, fifth grade. Fifth grade was first year. <laughs> My mom finally finally gave in and let me let me play. Oh my there's, goodness, is there's, that right? There's that yeah. there's that picture of you wearing a Fitz jersey where you would have been about 10, 11, 12 years old, maybe. You you know that picture I'm talking about, right? <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Yep. Did you ever show that picture to Larry that you had his jersey and were wearing his jersey as a ten year old kid? <laughs> yeah, he he's seen it before and he, he was he was he showed me a picture. Someone was showing it, and he was just like, "Yeah, Sandy, yeah." <laughs> it's like messing around, but it was all good. Andy, I got to tell you right now, I was 12 years old when Walter Payton first broke into the league. The great running back for the Chicago Bears. Do you know who Walter Payton is? Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. The greatest running back, Andy. Don't let anyone tell you. Otherwise, he was the greatest running back ever to play for all a uh, number of reasons that I can't mention right now. But I can tell you, I was mesmerized with him, and I got the opportunity in 1986, my first Pro Bowl, to actually go out there, and I walked into that NFC locker room, and they had put my locker right next to Walter Payton's. Mm. <laughs> Andy, awesome. Andy, I walked into that. I just started hugging him. He had no idea. <laughs> He had no idea who I was, Andy, and I was just hugging him, and it was like, Walter, Walter, you know, yeah. imagine being a 12-year-old kid collecting all his cards and growing up, and why he was 10 years in the NFL when I finally saw him, and the lessons that he taught me, Andy, were just off the charts, so I'll ask you this question. What have you learned from Larry, if anything? I mean, just, just everything from route, route running to, to how, how he carries himself, and um, just a teammate he's been. I mean, he, he asked me sometimes, he's like, he's like, am I, he's like, yes, he asked me, he's like, am, I, am I a good teammate? I'm like, he's like, what can I do, or what can I do better to be a better teammate? I'm like, 
I said, yeah, I mean, you, you go above and beyond what, 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 a, what a good teammate would do um, just from, from being interactive with us to everyone, um, sitting down, eating lunch with us, t- telling stories and just being a great, great team player. I mean, he's, he's, he's the best and he's awesome to work with. Does he ever like start stories where he's talking about Tiger Woods or Barack Obama? You know, I mean, come on, he he can do some serious name dropping. Do, do you get a lot of that from Larry? He does. He does. He, he does here and there, and he'll do it like he'll do it kind of like under, like he'll he'll make no big deal about it. And you'll be like, you play you play you play golf with him? What? Yeah. <laughs> right. So, Andy, what about on the field? What about in between the white lines? Is there something, a trick of the trade, so to speak, that he has taught you? Um, his, his thing is just keeping that, that calm mind and, and every, everything slow and framing the football. And and just that's one of his big things, catching the football, he says, is just being under control is, is one of the, the biggest things. And I really kept that into account. And I've, I've been under control and kept that calm mind. And I think it's made, made the game and made catching the football a lot easier for me. Love well, I that. see your Instagram post where you have the picture of you and Larry. He's got his arm around you. You guys are on the field in pads, and it's learned from greatness. You captioned the picture, and then you posted Kobe's five rules, ten rules for greatness, and number five was learn from greatness. So that where, what what inspired you to post that? I, I actually I found someone, someone had sent me that. Or I, I saw it online, Kobe's, Kobe's ten rules. And um, I got hung it up on my wall, and I, I kind of you pick kind of kind of pick one each and every day to kind of go by um, and do. And, and when I when I saw that picture, I immediately thought of the Kobe Kobe's fifth rule: learn from greatness. And I was like, I gotta post this. I mean, I've been kind of following this Kobe, this Kobe thing, Kobe's rules every day, and um, so it was just meant to be almost. And it was, it was, I enjoyed posting, and hopefully motivated motivate someone else to maybe live by those 10 rules and help them down the road. Well, Wolf, listen to Larry today, asked by Jim Omohundro about his friendship with Andy Isabella. We talk all the time, and I really have enjoyed getting to know Andy. He's like one of the I – mean, when you come from a family as large as him, he's got, he's got six brothers and sisters. Um, he's a very – close-knit guy so like once he feels like he's a part of the group you know he would literally take his shirt off for you I mean give you food invite you by the house cook for you I mean he's that type of person you know when you were a made man with Larry this is my (laughs) observation Andy you can tell me if this is true or false when you when he stuffed you into the locker during your rookie season (laughs) we were all there and we watched now apparently I was told later that you had it coming that there was something you did to Larry, I don't know, a prank or something like that. So then that was that was something that you had earned. Apparently, can you can you elaborate on that? Uh, I think he was he was messy. He always starts it. Never, well, he, he had he had probably had done something. I think I I tried to tackle him or something, and then he that was his way his way to get me back, <laughs> tackling me in the locker. <laughs> Well, Wolf, uh, here's Larry on the Isabella work ethic and his admiration. There's nobody that works harder and tirelessly than, than Andy. I mean, you look at his numbers from his, you know, we wear these trackers every day. There's nobody that has more yardage and, you know, the speed and output that he puts in. And when you see him be able to make those plays and, you know, it's, it's great to reward the guys who, who do it the right way, who prepare the right way. And he's one of those guys. And, you know, it makes you, makes you really happy as a friend to see that. How much exposure do you actually have to those next gen stats and those trackers for your practices, Andy? 
Uh, they'll, 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 they'll notify us if, like, it's, 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 we get a high number, but it's mostly we mostly do it in camp. Those were one of the numbers are the highest. Okay. So that we'll check those out and then, and then um, just mostly for camp. But they definitely keep an eye on it, and they, they, they'll, they'll let the coaches know if uh, we need a tone dating, a tone back or something. But it's kind of cool to see the stats here and there. I, I was actually looking at them last week um, with, with our trainer. So what's your top speed? Miles per hour. What's your top speed? <laughs> I think it was somewhere somewhere in the in the twenty ones. Um, <laughs> I, I don't try, I don't trust those things. I'm like, man, I, I could go faster. I'm like, that thing's not recording me right. <laughs> so yeah. talk to me about the wide receiver room. Like you're a young guy. You're a young guy. You're coming into the National Football League, and I know this is year two, right? And this probably happens an awful lot, I would imagine, in, in your rookie season. But now all of a sudden, you, you're in a wide receiver room with Larry Fitzgerald and DeAndre Hopkins uh, and so Christian Kirk, geez. some pretty talented dudes, man. How, how often do you get hit up from your high school buddies? Like, hey, Andy, Andy, what, are the, what is it like to actually be in the same room with DeAndre? Do you get these kind of questions oh, oh yeah all the time they're like, they're like when, especially when deandre got got a trade to us he, everyone was texting me like you heard you got deandre hopkins I'm like, I'm like i know it's awesome i can't i can't wait to meet him too <laughs> i can't wait to meet him <laughs> so it's fun we got a great great room a great group of guys i mean everyone everyone looks for each other's success everyone wants each other to succeed there's no there's no big egos everyone is works hard for each other. I mean, I'm talking from from Larry, DeAndre, all the way down to our, our practice squad guys, um, Dre and AJ. I mean, it's just a, such a great group, group of guys where everyone's encouraging each other. Everyone, you can learn literally anything from anyone in the room. Um, and it's, it's been awesome to work, to play with these guys. Um, and uh, we definitely have a very special room. So um, we definitely cherish that. How about DeAndre Hopkins and the yards after catch? Uh, how about his ability just to run with it after he catches it? Oh, it's just, yeah, that's, that's unbelievable. I mean, I'm, I'm telling my mom, my mom, I was talking to my mom, and she was like, DeAndre Hopkins is unbelievable. <laughs> I'm like, I, I know, I get, I get to watch it up close and play with them. Like, that's awesome, man. Hey, when you get mom weighing in on DeAndre Hopkins, I, I, that's the ultimate seal of approval right there. You know, <laughs> yeah, right there. I was like, uh, yeah. mom, what do you know about that? <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, join the Arizona Cardinals and the NFL family by registering to vote today. Make your voice heard on November 3rd. Go to azcardinals.com slash vote, azcardinals.com slash vote. All right, uh, I'm not sure if mom is aware that, that you have a nickname in Arizona. We'll get to that next. It is the Big Red Rage presented by Santan, Ford, and Gilbert with Andy Isabella. Two receivers to the left of Kyler Murray, who's in shotgun. Two tight ends to the right. Snap to Murray. Drops back to throw. Has time. Fires a deep ball. Middle of the field. Isabella wide open. Caught at the 30 to the 25 and tackled at the 23-yard line. Boy, that thing traveled about 45 yards on a line drive by Kyler Murray to Andy Isabella. Andy Isabella running down the middle of the field by everybody else. That 4-3-1 on display for everybody. 
Here, Dave Pash instantly get excited uh, a few seconds into that play call because he realizes he was looking left to right. He's like, whoa, Andy Isabella is way behind the secondary. And that was a 54-yard grab a couple of weeks ago against Washington. We're wrapping up with Andy Isabella, our special guest in the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. And when we see a play like that, Andy, how many reps – have been put in over the last two years, you and Kyler. That chemistry where he's able to recognize and boom, react and, and fire you the ball, there's a lot that goes into that over more than a year, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, we, we practiced that play in camp all, all the first week and um, all the second week. And um, it was funny, he actually overthrew me um, in practice um, on the Friday before that game. And um, he did it twice, two play. We ran it back to back, and he overthrew. He overthrew me two, two times in a row. <laughs> and I was, I was like, "Dang, coach is going to take this one out," <laughs> but he left it in there, and it, it, it ended up ended up hitting. And it was it was kind of funny to laugh at. We were all like, "Hey, we should he should overthrow me more in practice." <laughs> Izzy, talk to us a little bit about why that play is so important to you and your development. Uh, well, you, you know, I mean, I, you know, I'm. You know, I don't get many opportunities right now. I mean, I'm working to get opportunities, and that was like one of my one of the big opportunities that I was going to have this year. Um, so to get that in the game, I mean, you got you got to execute. I mean, um, I saw this thing that Tom Brady said: as a young guy, you you never, you never know when your next opportunity is going to be. So when you get that opportunity, you got to you got to act like it's your last opportunity. And some that's, of those that's, that's what I've been doing. Some of those DBs going to back up a little as well, and <laughs> right, that's, yeah, that's going to happen. <laughs> Give you a little room, maybe, to ruminate and use that space. (laughs) Oh, yeah. When do you know that you have a DB? When do you know that, oh, this guy's toast because I'm about to hit the turbo boost. I'm going to hit the nitrous button, and I'm gone. Do do you you know that over the course of a route at some point? Oh, yeah. You know when they're kind of just sitting there, and they're kind of just, they don't really know what to do. And and when when, when the DB looks kind of like not sure, you know, that's when you know you got them. Do we overthink this? Do we overthink this, or are you a believer in chemistry? No, absolutely. I mean, you gotta have, you gotta have chemistry. I mean, a, a great example. I mean, um, my 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 college in college, we had this route where I could take it on a high angle or take it on a low angle, and uh, we had, we had missed it um, uh, in this one game. And I, I went low, and the quarterback threw it high, and then we we had it back in Georgia. And uh, this time, I took it high and. He, he knew what I was doing because that DB was playing low and he threw it high and he got it. So I mean, it's it's, it's that chemistry is huge. Um, you got you got to know what quarterback's got to know what you're doing and you got to you got to be in that spot that the quarterback knows you're going to be in. That's interesting, Andy Isabella, our guest. I know what Wolf does overstate though. Nicknames and Wolf. <laughs> I'm not even sure. I'm going to set up something else from DJ Humphreys. Do you or do you not want to share your nickname for Andy Isabella? Thin Izzy? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay, exactly. yeah, of course. Thin yeah, Izzy. Okay. Yes. Did we determine, by the way, whose nickname was better, or in this case, worse? Because, Andy, I had, because in honor of you and your speed and the Tyreek Hills and all the perpetual motion and always in the jet sweeps and all that kind of stuff, I went with I, Andy. Instead of I, Candy, I went with I, Andy. So, you don't say that, Andy. That's come on, Izzy. I'd call him Izzy, oh, yeah, Paul. Yeah, I wouldn't Izzy. walk around I like and say. The, I like the Izzy. Yeah, Izzy. Hey, uh, Cliff, Coach Cliff called me AI. I like that one too. AI. AI. Yes. Hey, that's cool. Like Anything that. else? Any, any other nicknames you've heard out in the field from your teammates, by chance? 
Uh, I got Rand- Randy is <laughs> going around. I guess Randy okay. Isabella. Why? Why do they call you Randy? <laughs> well, well, Wolf, uh, why don't you listen to it here, real quick? Okay. Because we have a clip. DJ Humphreys fired <laughs> at practice from Cardinals flight plan. There you go, Randy. Oh, there you go, Randy. This Randy. There you go, Randy. Randy. Hey, that's Randy going off. We call him Randy. And we call Andy Isadella Randy. That's his name for the O-line Randy who? Randy Isadella. That's his name. I don't know why we call him that, but that's his name. <laughs> I mean, you know, DJ Humphrey, he has a smile on his face. He pulls it off. You know, that was a montage from practices and games, obviously. But, wow, what is behind Randy? Uh, I think that's, that, that must be my my alter, my alter ego or something. That <laughs> <laughs> only comes out certain, when, when I, I get the O-line hyped up. <laughs> so... Uh, these guys are just, they walk around, they call you Randy. Is it just the offensive line, or is this, has this caught on with the locker room? It, it caught on to a couple of the special teams guys. Um. <laughs> hey, Andy, talk, you know what, honestly, talk a little bit about that right there. Special teams, yeah. because you're not on as many now, right? Yeah, I mean, he, I mean I'm kind of that guy where, like, if they need someone, hey, that, that's Andy, you're, you're going in. Um, and, you know, I mean, I've, I've, when I've been out there, I've been able to make plays. And uh, I think the special teams coach trusts me, and I'm getting, getting more, building more trust with him. And I think he, he uses me as that guy. This guy goes down. If he needs a guy, he knows he can rely on me to fill any, any spot he needs to be filled. What about punt returns, though? How, how comfortable are you with the punt returns, or is it still daunting to a certain degree? No, I mean we're 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 working it. We work it a ton in practice this week. Um, so I'm confident if he puts me back there this week, that it's just going to be a great week. I'm excited to uh, catch one and return one. Um, mm-hmm. So we're working on that. It says so much about you, Andy, as a football player. The fact that he can put you out on the field and cover a kick. We're not just talking about punt return, man. We're talking about covering a kick. It says a lot about you as a football player. <laughs> I almost had one versus Washington. I was I was close, <laughs> over overran it. But that was, that was one of my goals: is to have a couple tackles this year, and uh, on kickoff or punt. So hopefully, I get the shot to get out there and get one. It's awesome. Well, I tell you what, uh, I hope the game goes as well as this interview. We really enjoyed it. Uh, we appreciate it. Andy, Randy, AI, <laughs> and Izzy, I, Andy, you know, all the above. We we appreciated the time, Andy. Congratulations, Absolutely. Andy. Thank you very much. Okay, brother. God bless you, man. I'm telling right, you, there's, there's a football player. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, he, and, he, and he says Cardinals have had a good week of practice. Dot, dot, dot. We'll wrap this up on the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Stafford takes the shotgun snap. Three-step drop. Looks right in trouble. And he sacked back at the 20-yard line. Dragged down by Jordan Phillips. Grab Matthew Stafford and basically... Put him into the crockpot belly button. Back to throw goes Stafford. Hit by the former Lion, Devon Kennard, and sack. Kennard with the takedown of Stafford. Great drop back, Stafford in trouble, wrapped up, and sacked by Corey Peters, who was untouched, was all over Stafford as soon as he went back to pass. Surprise! <laughs> wow! How about 11 sacks for the Cardinals' defense through three games by seven different players? Mm. They've had two four-sack games in a row. And Chandler Jones, who you figure is going to have a breakout game at some point, only has one. So, Ron Wolfley, if 
if you are the Carolina Panthers and you're thinking, oh, stopping the Cardinals pass rush is as easy as chipping number 55, the elite pass rusher, Mr. 19 sacks. Now, hang on. Not quite that simple anymore, is it? No, it's not, Paulie. The defense has done a great job, and it starts with Vance Joseph right now, knowing that they've got Chandler Jones, knowing that Chandler Jones is going to dictate an awful lot of protections offensively, right? And you can you can kind of determine, Paul, what those protections might be, right? And because of that, you can predict. And when you can predict, now all of a sudden, Paulie, that makes you much more dangerous on the defensive side of the ball. When you can predict, you can predict, excuse me, what that protection is going to be, now, Paul, everybody else gets involved. And that's really what's happening right now with this defense. You know, and, and Cliff Kingsbury told us his weekly TV show game plan that all the attention towards Chandler has opened up things oh, yeah. for other guys. Uh, Vance Joseph, even so, said today, you know what, we got to figure out a way to free him up a little bit. He's getting chipped constantly. So we'll see if there might be something a little different in the game plan this week to free up number 55. We'll see about that. Now, what we are going to see are some some backups at safety because Buda Baker had the thumb surgery this week. We know Jalen Thompson already in IR. Chris Banjo has been banged up as well. So you're going to see, well, we'll let Vance Joseph explain exactly who. As far as the safeties, uh, DT and Curtis Riley is going to be our two starters. We feel good about that. You know, we have certain packages where we can put other guys at similar positions. But right now, we feel very comfortable with those two guys who've been in camp with us and have have run this system for DT for two years and for Curtis for a month now. So I think we're in good shape at safety. Now, they signed T.J. Ward, but he's on the practice squad too soon, too much too soon, says Vance Joseph there. Isaiah Simmons doesn't sound – well, at least he's not going to start at safety, according to Vance Joseph. He says he feels good. How do you feel with a fourth and fifth stringer as your starting safeties? Yeah, that's a tough proposition right there, Paulie, but what else are you going to do? I do like the fact that Riley has experience playing, that it's not some young guy that is out there making his way. Deontay Thompson is a young guy that is trying to do that right now. Now, but the question with Isaiah Simmons, Paulie, that is so important how they proceed on this. You know what I want to see them do. I want to see him leave him right there where he is right now. The weak side inside linebacker, let him learn the position, learn what it is that he's got to do, let him develop under those auspices, Paulie. And then all of a sudden, when he masters that, you can start moving him around. But there is a part of me as I listen, there is a part of me as I listen to Vance Joseph that thinks. <laughs> Here it comes. He's going to be playing safety, isn't he? It's only because, once again, you can't. Can you really believe what these coaches are telling the opponent coming up, Paul? No, you can't. And and remember what Cliff Kingsbury said about Isaiah Simmons. I know Vance is is trying to kind of spoon feed it here and there to uh, not overload him, but he's done a nice job so far picking things up, and we just had to keep him coming. Without the offseason, particularly, it made it tough on him, but uh, he's made big strides recently, and um, we continue to try and get him more incorporated in the defense. If you want your best 11, your most athletic 11 out there, then Isaiah Simmons is part of that group. It's just where and how in what capacity mm-hmm. uh, you know I, to me and I know he played all over the field for Clemson he played over 100 snaps at five different positions but he would seem to be a fairly natural and somewhat experienced box safety based on his college career I wouldn't put him in center field but yeah no I know Paulie I mean Jamal Adams right 
Yeah. That's what I, you're thinking of right I, now. Cam Chancellor. Cam Chancellor. Yes. Yeah, but you're going to have to change. What you'd have to do is go ahead and, you know what, you're going to change your defense as well, Paulie, because that means you're probably going to play some cover three where you can actually have eight guys down in the box and you can still pull off that coverage. You're going to play some man free a lot more, and that's what Vance Joseph does like to play, a lot of man-free, where you can have that free safety in the middle of the field, you can have man across the board, you can play eight guys in the box out of that coverage, robber coverage you can actually play, which is man-free with a lurker down low, so there's a lot of options right there, and I could see that. I could see Isaiah Simmons in that kind of role, but once again, I'm hoping that they leave him at weak side inside linebacker and let him learn one position and then go from there. Other headlines today, DeAndre Hopkins did not practice for the second straight day with that ankle. Devon Kennard did not practice for the second straight day with a calf injury. So we'll see exactly what that means on game day. Now we know DeAndre Hopkins, who's leading the NFL in catches and receiving yards and first down catches, we know that he is very capable, Wolf, right, of playing on game day without a week of practice. No doubt about it. I just want to say this because we noticed it here in Command and Control. Bear noticed it. The confidence in Andy's voice mm. is amazing. This kid is getting ready to explode. And he said it on the quick slant that he caught against Washington. Yeah, he ball. Said a year ago, he said, a year ago, that would have spooked me. <laughs> that, that ball getting on me that quick and being behind me. This year, he makes the catch. You can hear it in his voice, the confidence growing. Six grabs for 114 yards the last two weeks. We'll see what happens Sunday in Carolina. For Jim Omohundro, I'm Cody Fincher. I'm Paul Calvisi. Ron Wolfley, this has been the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Number one, Kyler Murray! You've been listening to the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club.